views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, you know, uh, I love that I get to do what I do. And, you know, today, Dr. Chantel uh, Osti is joining me here today. Chantel is somebody that has been out in the world and you want to talk about mindfulness. You know, what we're talking about here today, mindfulness on the run, quick, effective mindfulness techniques for busy people. You know, it used to be where we'd say we don't have time for mindfulness. <laughs> Chantel, you believe what I'm saying? Isn't it true, though? Uh, And I just want to say that you're joining us here, a clinical psychologist. You work in both the private and corporate sectors, right? And so you've been able to use techniques, cognitive behavioral therapy, mindfulness for your clients. And I want to tell you that people in corporations need some help with mindfulness. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We are going faster than fast. Right. Oh, my gosh. And then we beat ourselves up when we can't Mm -hmm. keep up. Why did this become an important topic for you? And thank you for writing this incredible book. Um, it, it became an important topic for me. It was I was first introduced to mindfulness in my post grad studies. Um, and, and, at first, I was a bit hesitant. It, I wasn't quite sure about it. But as I was learning the the research and, and, and the brain processes behind it, I thought, wow, this is really, really interesting and, and really something that um, I think I could use. But then I didn't really do too much with it, to be honest, um, until I desperately began to need it myself. I um, My life got busier and busier. And, and as I um, started a uh, business and and I've got two young kids um, I just felt that if I don't do something now I'm going to be racing around for the rest of my life not really enjoying anything that I'm doing Um, just because of the workload and the the long hours of work and the little sleep I was just beginning to burn out and that's when I really started to take these techniques and, and put them into practice myself in a way that worked with a busy life so one of the things that kept me from practicing, and I think a lot of people have the same problem, is that they think, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to meditate for 30 minutes a day. And yeah. and sometimes that's just the reality. Even though you would like to, it's just not an option. Yeah. So I began to practice in a way that helped me to just slot it in throughout my day. Two minutes here, three minutes there, four minutes here, and then one minute there. 
um, in, in ways that didn't require me to just stop everything that I was doing, but I was practicing as I was going, as I was drinking my morning coffee, as I was driving to work, <clears throat> excuse me, um, as I was doing the dishes and practicing in that way wasn't too difficult. Um, and it had massive, massive effects pretty quickly. So it was quite a surprise to me. Um, but of course, I was I was very excited about it, and I started teaching it to the, the people I was working with, my clients, my patients. Um, and I really find found and and still find that the people that just do the exercises, that people that make an effort to do the practice, are the people that recover way quicker than anybody else. Right. You know, it used to be, right? It used to be. People had time to breathe. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think we have millions of people holding their breath. Mm. Right? Um, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, even the possibility of taking a mindful breath. Just mm. what does it take? Maybe 15 seconds the most to just mm. take three or four breaths in and out. Right. Um, uh, and, and yet the benefit from what you've written about in the book. You know, the exercises in here are brilliant. I mean, you've got mantras in the book. you got a confidence booster in here that I, I love. I mean, you mm. really, you put together a toolkit for people. And so right. most people think in the world we live in today, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, okay, if I do these things, what is the benefit going to be for me? And I think mm. that we should talk about that because mm. here we are. We are very quick to say, I don't have time for this and I don't have time for this, that. We don't even understand the emotions that we're experiencing, if not on the surface, underneath. We don't understand anger, fear. You know what I'm trying to say is we're going through life at some level where we may implode. And mm -hmm. we're not even sure. And isn't really also the effects of this too, how our body reacts. Can you talk Absolutely. to that for a minute? Sure. So the way I explain it in the book, and, and I just find it a very helpful way of looking at it, even if it is a simplification of a very complex reality. But if you look at the basics, we have we've got three states that we can be in, uh, three brain states. First of all, um, red brain, that's when you have adrenaline, cortisol, That's those are the stress hormones rushing through your body. Um, when you're in red brain or when you're in a state of stress, your heart, rate, your heart rate will increase, your breathing will become more shallow instead of slow and deep. You will have tension in your muscles, um, your blood sugar goes up, your blood pressure goes up your um, immune system and digestive system are suppressed. And all of that together is incredibly helpful when you have to run or fight, because that's what it is designed for. It is designed to give you a quick burst of intense energy that is supposed to be used up by intense physical activity. Um, and, that, and that is what it does best. But, and that's the state of stress. But a lot of people operate from that state on a daily basis when they're not running and they're not fighting anyone. Mm -hmm. So so when you're sitting behind your computer and you have this stress response or when you're trying to get dinner ready um, and there's three children um, <laughs> getting on your nerves and you have the stress response, there is no running or fighting involved. And, and all of those symptoms 
um, create this surge of energy that is then not used up by physical activity. And that's when it becomes very toxic and very unhealthy. Now, if you're in that state too often or for too long, you'll get issues like high blood pressure, um, increased uh, or heart, heart palpitations. You'll, you might experience digestive issues. You might experience um, immune system issues. And, and the problem with that is it, it could be anything because when your immune system isn't working properly, you're just more susceptible to any bacteria, any virus. Your body simply isn't able to restore and to repair the things that it needs to restore and repair. Uh, another very, very common one is trouble sleeping, mm-hmm. which can directly be linked to stress in many situations. So your body is in a state of alert because it feels there is something that could go wrong. There is something unsafe. It, it, it could any minute be attacked by something. Yeah. But that isn't what's going on. The, the pressure nowadays comes from a deadline or a traffic jam or um, uh, plans falling through. And then that system actually isn't functional at all because there is no running or fighting involved. Yeah. Yet most of us live in, in the red brain state. Um, so that is, I think, a very risky thing to do because it's a little bit like you're, you're, you're using an, a function of your body for something that it's not intended to do. And when you do that for a prolonged period of time, you will have issues one way or another. It's not really if you'll have issues, it's when the issues will show up. Yeah. Isn't that really the game changer now? It We used to think, uh, and I, I'm not sure if you can recall back to this, but I know when I worked in corporate America, one of the things that we couldn't even mention the word stress because mm. most of the people in, in, in corporate positions and, and executives alike would turn around and say, and that's a personal issue. We're not going to deal right. with that. And, yeah. you know, fast forward to where we are today. And there are more opportunities. All you need to do is open your Facebook account for five minutes and Mm. it puts people into a downward spiral. And so Mm. haven't, isn't this what you've been able to do here to be able to say to people, watch, you know, Mm. this is what we can do. This is what you can do. It doesn't matter if you're a man, woman, if you're somebody that has a professional job, uh, in the in the outside world, or you're you have a your professional job as a a, a homeowner, home runner, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Everyone uh, should take a look at their lives and try to find a way to implement some of these. I mean, you have more things in this book than I have pretty much seen in just about any book written on this. And it's written so Mm. clearly and concisely. What Mm. do you find the greatest challenge is for people to take a minute and say, yep, yep, I I got this book here by by Dr. Chantel. I got the book. Uh, Mm. Let me stop and do this now. What do you think the challenge is? I'm still trying to figure that out because I work with a lot of people and and some people, they come to me with similar situations. They've got similar backgrounds. Person A, I, I teach them the techniques and the tools and I help them put it into practice. And they say, yeah, I got it. Um, I'm doing this. And they cancel appointment number four because they say, I'm, I'm okay. I got it. I know what to do. And I'm feeling 10 times better already. And I'll call you if I get stuck. Mm-hmm. And then person B, similar symptoms, similar background. 
after two years still isn't putting it into practice and and comes to see me and tells me how miserable they feel and I'm asking you well are you doing the exercises and they say no so to be honest I'm still trying to figure out why one person is able to put it into practice and 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 just reap the the rewards and why other people really struggle mm-hmm. um, I think it has a lot to do with motivation and and and, and dedication it, it does take a little bit of effort it's not a lot of effort but it takes conscious thinking and very often when you are in that state of feeling pressured feeling overwhelmed feeling tired anything that requires effort is hard even if it is two minutes of something that requires effort and then there are people that that go okay yes it's hard but I'm going to do it anyway because I desperately want to feel better yeah. And I don't want to yell at my kids and I don't want to have my marriage fall apart. And other people go, oh, it is too hard. I can't do this. Yeah. And they pour themselves a glass of wine or yeah. turn on the TV. And, and I don't really know what the difference is between these people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I want to take a minute and and please let's do two things. Uh, Benny, I'd love to give a copy of the book away. 1-800-930-2819. Love to give a copy of the book away. But, but I would love also for you to tell folks uh, how they can find out more about you but more and more about the book. I mean, I love the picture that you have on your website. Uh, and I, it, it just like, oh my gosh, what an energy of that. So, so folks, if you do nothing else, go to the website, click on the bio and take a look at that little bundle of joy, little picture there. Uh, <laughs> uh no kidding. Right. I mean, yeah. you're not just writing a book. You're saying, Hey folks, you can have some of this too. So yeah. tell folks how they can get a copy of the book if you don't mind. And then sure. also let's give out the website. Um, my website is um, Um and they could order the book there or they could simply go to um, the bookshop. I'm not exactly sure what bookshops stock okay. them in, in the U.S., but they could always order it online. Exactly. Um, and then um, I will personally send them a copy. All right, great. And I just want to tell you all out there, H-O-F-S-T-E-E. I said it yes. phonetically before for those of you out there. Uh, and you can go to the website or you know what? Go ahead and Google mindfulness on the run, okay? And if you go ahead and Google that, it, you, everything will take you back here. Um mm. Uh, and, and take a look at it and, you know, pay attention also too that you'll be able to get here for a number of different ways. There are also videos on the website uh, once you get there. Uh, yeah. And I love the thing you did there on the mindfulness versus stress uh, uh, thing. Um, uh, but also, you. yeah, you're like on a mission about this. What do you think is probably one of the most misunderstood things we have right now about stress? You know, I know we talked about it a little bit, but I got to tell you, I can't talk about it enough today. I'm just a little fired up about it because it's killing people and we don't realize it. Absolutely. I I hate to be a downer here, but it (laughs) does. But but you're right. It's a serious it's a serious problem. And and I I look at it like smoking. Um, I'm not exactly sure how it is where you live, but where I live, smoking is now considered very, very uncool. When you smoke, people frown on you and, and they're like, oh, really? Are you still doing that? Yeah. But 10 years ago, it was the cool thing to do. 
So there has been a cultural shift in how we look at smoking. Instead of seeing it as as cool, we we now see it as um, very unhealthy and not not a very smart thing to do. And I really believe that that shift is happening with stress. Stress used to be, and and still is in in many places, seen as the cool thing. If you're not busy, if you're not stressed, you're not working hard enough or you're lazy. That's that's sort of the the way that a lot of people see it. And I'm really interested in trying to help create a shift where we begin to see stress as smoking. It isn't cool. It's very stupid and it will kill you. (laughs) Actually, being able to manage your life and being able to manage your workload in a way that prevents stress. Now, that is cool. That is that when I look at people who can handle their stuff, who are not overwhelmed, I think, yeah, that I like that. And, And I think that is the way to go. And one way I think to look at it is successful leaders they might have stress. I don't know what's going on underneath the surface, but you can't see it. They will never say, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so stressed. I'm so busy. And that is what we naturally like. That's what we're naturally drawn to. And I think all of us can learn that. All of us can learn how to manage our lives better in a way that we're not constantly under stress. Because when we're stressing, we're not able to be healthy, but maybe even more importantly, we're not able to connect to our children, to be a good partner, to be a good friend, because stress simply won't allow it. Stress brings out the worst in us, yeah. And it's it's an unnecessary state to be in. Sometimes yeah. it, it does take m- making some sacrifices or, or, or changing things around. Since I've been since I started practicing mindfulness, my whole life has changed. Yeah. I'm making different decisions. I'm prioritizing things differently. Um, but I guess that the main myth that I really am passionate about um, getting the knowledge out there is that stress doesn't equal success. Yeah. It isn't making you any more productive. Stress makes you feel very productive and it makes you feel like you're getting a lot done. But if you look at it objectively, you'll make more errors, you'll be slower and you'll be wasting more time. You won't be as effective or as efficient as you would be without the stress in your system. Yeah. You know, I was just reading a paragraph uh, uh, that Viktor Frankl wrote about success and it's just it's exactly i mean you just paraphrased it in a couple of sentences um for some some reason we have the myth or the idea that if we just go faster uh mm-hmm. we will be able to reach our goal but actually it's just the opposite right, right? it's Absolutely. the opposite of that um you know taking the time to just, what do we say the expression? Just stop and smell the roses. Uh, mm. If you're in Seattle, it's stop and smell the coffee. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right? I like that. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But we don't even do that. Um, yeah. And, and I think, know, if, yeah. if I could add to that, Jeff, I think please, it's please. because people think, oh, but then I'm just doing nothing and just smelling my coffee and, and being happy. But the reality is if you take 30 seconds to smell the roses or to smell your coffee and then get back to work, you will be more productive and you will be more effective than when you didn't take that break or if you were just drinking your coffee while you're working or rushing around. It is those little breaks that we feel we're wasting time, but actually they save us time because we're giving our brain a moment to 
reduce some of that stress, and then when you get back to work with less stress, you will be more effective and productive at what you're doing. Mm. So yeah. we're, we're taking time, but really we're saving time. Oh, yeah. You know, I was reading, um, a, well, a number of things in your book, but I love the way that you've taken the book. And you just don't, you know, it's not page to page. I mean, you literally stop and you look at, you create diagrams, right? I remember mm-hmm. reading the, and looking at the diagram you created about a thought and then the brain state and feeling and perception, then behavior mm. and consequences and outcome. And you really lead us on this journey so that we can truly understand, you know, the processes that are going on. Right. Um, and I, I wanted you to talk, I know we only have a couple of minutes left, but I did want you to talk about you know, this thing that you put together on mental stress where you have a belief and a, contra- a, a, a contradicting evidence uh, mm. and mental stress. And I wanted you to talk about that for a little bit um, because, uh, you know, uh, contradicting evidence, I thought, oh, that's got to be fear. Uh, but I wanted you to talk about that and how, uh, you know, this can change or help us change our belief about, mm-hmm. about life or things. It doesn't mean it has to be a big thing either. Mm. Well, mental stress or, or cognitive dissonance, as it's also called, yeah. it's really we you have a belief about something. It could be anything. Um, and when so, for example, let's say you believe that you are um, that you're not smart, that could be a belief. Yeah. Now, if you're then confronted with evidence um, on the contrary, that actually you are smart, you have two options. What you can either ignore that evidence to keep your belief intact, so you don't have to challenge your belief, you don't actually have to consider the option that you might be smart, even though you've always been taught that you're not. Um, or when you actually look at that evidence and accept it, you'll have cognitive dissonance, you'll have mental stress, because you have a belief, and at the same time you're seeing evidence that contradicts that belief. Now, when you allow that to happen, <clears throat> that is a way to actually begin to shift and change your belief systems. So we all think that we see the world as it is, but really we see the world as we believe it to be. So we see things and then our brain just filters that through our belief system and certain things will not even come into our consciousness because it doesn't match our beliefs. Because then if we would see it and if it contradicts our beliefs, we'll, we'll be uncomfortable, we'll have mental stress. And the brain doesn't like that. So it will try to keep the things that don't fit our belief system, it will try to keep that out of our consciousness. But being mindful, just looking at the facts without giving your opinion, looking at the facts uh, and observing that without judgment helps you to loosen up those belief systems a little bit and see the world more clearly. And that can have a massive impact because I think especially with what mm-hmm. we're seeing in the world now, we're all getting more and more stuck in our unhelpful belief systems that are not actually a real reflection of reality because reality is way more complex than our belief systems. Yeah. So if we can look at the facts mindfully, observe what's going on without immediately getting sucked back into our old belief systems, if we can just look at things without judging it, just being curious and open-minded and, and interested in, in things that are different from how we think the world should be, I think a lot of stuff can happen. Um, but 
in a way, our brain isn't doing us favors because our brain mm -hmm. automatically creates mental stress because the brain is not wired for us to um, necessarily be happy. The brain isn't wired for us to necessarily create a, a, a greater consciousness. Our brain is firstly desired, um, wired for survival. And saving energy is one way that the brain does that. Um, so we have this natural tendency to, to just see what we want to see. And when we see something that we don't want to see, we have a tendency to um, either ignore it or even fight it. Yeah. And this is a natural tendency that we all have. Um, it's not just something that some people have. We all have this tendency, but we are able to override that with curiosity, with interest, mm -hmm reducing yeah. the judgments just being open and 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 looking at things without judging them even if they're not necessarily what we're used to or what we like um, but being open to that without judging so mindfulness is all about paying attention with kindness and that softens those belief systems and makes us just a little bit more realistic yeah. If if I could use it that if I could use the word that well, way. and you know one of the other things I hope you'll come back because I do want to have you back so we can talk about you know the end game of possibilities. I was reading I was on the website Renew Your Mind, and I was reading one of the articles that you put together on Creative Flow, mm -hmm. uh, and the psychologist that put that together actually went to school uh, where he was teaching, and mm. um, what you talk about here is what I think is so attractive and can and can really lead people to take action. Thank you for today. Thank you so much. Wow. My pleasure. Thanks for uh, having me. Oh, it's amazing. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. And you know what? We'll see you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.